Welcome to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ, located in the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania. I'm Pastor Mike Landsman, and these podcasts are taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. We pray that they will bless you, and we would love for you to come visit us and make our church home, hopefully, become your church home. Here's what we have for today. So, brothers and sisters, this morning I'm going to focus a little bit on uh, the text that we heard read from the epistle uh, to the Ephesians about do not become partners with them walking in darkness and, and so forth. So, I know one of you watching whose name I won't mention is going to roll their eyes, but just stay with me. It'll make sense. Okay. There's a popular sci-fi novel that was written, I don't know, in maybe the 60s, and it's set way in the future like hundreds of thousands of years in the future. It's, it's insane. And every once in a while, I like to reread it. And it's called uh, Dune. It was adapted into a very, very weird movie. And uh, it was also adapted as a TV miniseries. And it's actually set to be coming back to the big screen in a new adaptation very soon. But in the book, there's a young man who's believed to be the fulfillment of a messianic prophecy for a group of people living on a harsh desert planet. Now, in one of the scenes from the film and in the book, in order to gain the ability to be prescient, that is the ability to have foresight, the knowledge of things and events before they happen, he, uh, there's a scene. And in the movie version, this isn't in the book, he has to, well, no, he, it's both in the movie and the book, he has to drink this, this water. It's a weird story. It's just like a special water, right? So he drinks it, and in the movie, he screams out, the sleeper has awakened. And this popped into my mind, right? Because you have this scene of this young man who, who you have this very vivid imagery, right? Of him ingesting something and kind of awakening something in him that was, that was dormant. Um, but in the, in the epistle reading, we hear this call from St. Paul to the people at the church of Ephesus, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead. This popped into my mind, right? Because you have these funny parallels. And so while the young man in the movie is referring to something else, the idea of being awakened from sleep in order to be a participant in something important is the theme we see in Scripture, particularly in the Gospels. Right? I'm reminded of the scene in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus, he, he brings his disciples and the cross is coming and he's about to suffer and he asks his disciples, watch with me and pray. And being good disciples, they did. They stayed up all night with him while he prayed. They even stopped and took breaks. And they put their hand on their shoulder and said, Jesus, do you need anything? I have some water. I brought some, uh, you know, I have some Dasani in my backpack. I say, you know, John has some Perrier. Do you need anything to drink? Can we get you something to eat? Here, here's a handkerchief. You know, you look like you're sweating drops of blood. Let me wipe that off for you. No. <laughs> what are the disciples doing when Jesus is in this moment of agony in the garden where he's asking him to watch and pray with him? He comes to them and he finds them sleeping and he wakes them up and he says, could you not wait with me one hour, just one hour? And then we see in the parable of the foolish virgins, they burn through all of the oil while they fall asleep waiting for the bridegroom to come with the wedding guests. And what happens? They have to leave the feast to go find oil. And once they do, they come back. And what's happened? The doors are shut. And as much as they bang on the door, they aren't let back in because they were foolish 
And instead of being prepared, they slept. So we see this theme of sleep and being awake and ready throughout, throughout the, the, the scriptures. So when I think about this text in Ephesians where St. Paul says, do not do this, and then he says, do this. A lot of times in preaching, there's a tendency to not encourage people to do something. Because what we want to do is when we preach, we obviously want to preach what Christ has done for us. We want to preach, Paul, uh, like Paul said, Christ crucified right, and, re- and resurrected. Like that is the Christian proclamation. That is the gospel that Christ is risen. That is the gospel that we preach. And sometimes in our efforts to try and, and magnify the grace of God, Oftentimes what we do is we neglect to call people to respond and to react in a certain way. And in some, in some situations in text, this is true, but not always. The other tendency that we have sometimes is to try to force fit the text to fit a particular social issue and then issue calls to activism as what the text may be pointing to. Now again, this can fit in particular situations, but not all. And I say all this because the commands in Scripture are difficult. And we are told by Jesus and the authors of Scripture that we have to do certain things. If you are to be my disciple, Jesus says, <laughs> pick up your cross and follow me. And we see throughout the epistles, especially Paul telling the gathered Christians, walk this way. But sometimes doing these things that are expected of us as Christians is difficult. And I think we see this in this text from Ephesians. The St. Paul reminds his hearers that they're not to participate with any of those who walk in darkness. And he says something interesting there here. He says, he, he says you were darkness. He didn't say that they lived in darkness, even though they did. And he didn't say that like, darkness surrounded them, and it did. He says that they were darkness. He called them darkness. And because they were darkness, they walked in that darkness. That's a big deal. Think about it, right? Because they were darkness. To be darkness is to be one with the darkness, to live influenced by the darkness, both inside and the darkness all around. But what does he say next? He says, you are light in the Lord. The light of Christ has transformed them, and as such, they are to walk as children of God of light. He says then that the fruit of light, which is a result of walking in the light, can be found in all, listen to this, can be found in all that is good and right and true. A commentator named Meyer says, the words good and right and true embrace the whole of Christian morality. In other words, whatever we do that is good and right and true helps us to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Now, the Bible doesn't list specific, well, it does. It does list specific lists of sin, right? It says, don't do these, do this. But when the Bible gives us lists of sins, like it says, don't do these things, it doesn't give us an exhaustive list, right? When you read the Bible, it says, you know, avoid gossip, sexual immorality, um, you know, don't forget to do good, don't forget to give, doesn't say anything about, I don't know, is it okay for me to, to you know, kick my dog or to throw my cat on the couch or something like that, right? 
it doesn't, <laughs> I'm using silly examples, right? Because we're so used to hearing the worst examples. Oh, I can't, talk to me privately, but I was with a friend of mine one time when we went to an Easter service, and for some reason, the pastor listed like these lists of sins that were so grievous. It was, I don't even want to, I'm not going to say I'm here on the live stream, but they were really gross and uh, really extreme. <laughs> it became a running joke between the two of us for many, many years. But the Bible doesn't give us an exhaustive list of everything that is sin and everything that isn't sin, right? We're sort of meant to learn for ourselves how to discern between what is, uh, what is sin and what isn't sin, right? We, we have to grow up in the faith. We need to learn to discern. And this makes me think of what St. Paul writes in Philippians 4, 8, when he says, finally, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. And it is in doing this, brothers and sisters, that we are able to discern what pleases God, the things that we should do and the things that we shouldn't do. St. Paul then says, take no part with unfruitful works of darkness, but expose them. So as opposed to the fruits of walking in the light, the works of darkness do not bear good and lasting fruit. The fruits of darkness are shameful, and as such, they need to be exposed by the light. For us, brothers and sisters, the darkness we were in, and that was in us, when it encountered the light of Christ, it was swept away. But the light of Christ exposing the darkness in us wasn't always comfortable. And during this season of Lent, we are purposefully asking the light of Christ to burn away what is dark in us. And that can hurt. And some of you now, we're, we're not going out. We're not spending time with our friends. We're not gathering together to eat. We're not, we're not, we're not doing things that we normally would. We're not living our lives like we normally would. And so for some of us, we may be stuck in our houses, twiddling our thumbs. For some of us, that might be leading people to focus more on prayer. For some people, this may lead them to focus more on family time, right? Oh, and by the way, <laughs> if you complain about not having enough time to spend with your kids when you're at work, but then now you have all of this time to spend with your kids, don't complain about that, all right? That was meant to be slightly amusing, but I guess not. I don't know. Everybody just type in LOL, so you got that. I can see in the, the list there. Anyway. So, when we're alone with ourselves, right, sometimes we start to think about unpleasant things. Sometimes God starts to deal with us. Sorry, I lost my page. There we go. So you might be thinking to yourself, this is, this is great, Pastor Mike, right? But this only really matters for like, you know, for unbelievers. Like the unbelievers are the ones that are in the darkness. We're in the light now, so we can, we're good. We're good. St. John Chrysostom commenting on this, he said this, and I thought this was really good. He said, now he, St. Paul, is not saying this with reference, or Jesus is saying with reference to unbelievers only. For many of the faithful, no less than the unbelievers, hold fast by wickedness. And he says, nay, some far more. He, sa he says here, sometimes people who claim to be the faithful can be no less wicked than unbelievers. And it's funny, right? Sometimes 
what, something that bothers me as a Christian and as a minister is when somebody who isn't even in the faith, right, tells people who are in the faith how they should be acting. Well, you should know better. You're supposed to be a Christian. <laughs> and sometimes those unbelievers who point that out, sometimes they're right. Oftentimes they're wrong, right? But sometimes they're right. Sometimes those of us who are faithful can be just as wicked and even more wicked than people who claim to not be believers. And this can be hard for us to hear, brothers and sisters. Many who are believers hold fast to sin. But to be a believer is to be actively resisting our old ways of life, those old ways of darkness that held us in darkness that still try to draw us back in. The light of Christ needs to wake us up from sin and also from spiritual lethargy. To awake from sleep is to, as Chrysostom notes, depart from sin. It is only in departing sin that we shall be able to behold Christ. And how do we depart from sin? How can we awaken as a sleeper when the light of Christ shines upon us? The way we depart from sin is by doing what St. Paul talks about here, like we heard echoed in Philippians when he said, the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And like he said in Philippians, those things that whatever are just, are honorable, are true, are pure or lovely or commendable. If there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. As we are illuminated, brothers and sisters, by the light of Christ, those things that are good and true help us to depart from sin, from resisting the darkness that tries to continually draw us back. And in the gospel reading, we saw the healing light of Christ at work in the healing of the man born blind. To see Jesus is to be confronted with who he is and the salvation that he brings. To deny Christ, to not believe in him, is the highest level of blindness, which we see on display in the Pharisees. But even worse are those who think that Jesus is not who he says he is and who do not believe. Their depth of blindness runs deep. And even when confronted with a miracle like the Pharisees were, the truly blind, those in need of healing, will miss out on everything Jesus was trying to show them through the, his healing miracle. And so, brothers and sisters, as we continue through Lent, as well as maintaining our physical distance from one another, let us not turn away from the healing work of Jesus Christ in us. May whatever that is of darkness in us that remains be burned away. May we come to see, and may the people in our country, which in many ways is filled with increasing darkness, be confronted with the light of Christ. May they repent of their many sins, and may we repent of our many sins, and pray that God would be gracious and lift the epidemic we are currently facing. May we all humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord in the hopes that we may all be saved. And so to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be all glory, together with the Father and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Be sure to check us out online, zionstoneucc.com, or on our Facebook page, zionstoneucc. I'm Pastor Mike Landsman. If you want to get a hold of me, shoot me an email at malandsman at gmail.com or through our social media page, like I just mentioned. If you could take a couple minutes, we would appreciate it if you went to a GoFundMe we've set up, gofundme.com slash 
saves Einstone in order to donate towards some big repairs that we need to have done to the church. So if you could donate anything, we would greatly appreciate it. If you're in the area, come worship with us. Our services are at 1015 and our Sunday school is at 9 a.m. Thank you so much again for listening. May God bless you.